You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right, welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back, and this is episode 243. And as you probably heard from the previous episode, because we did a little preview, is I had uh, my friend Pat Bernard here, uh, and we're it was his second appearance on the podcast. And he's like, who else has been on more? And I'm like, John Stringer has. He's actually coming, he's coming <laughs> back tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, that's great. What's, so, what's, what's Pat doing? I don't know, him, but I want to know. What's he? Oh, he's a comedian. Okay, a comedian. Okay. I've been doing just comedians for the past, like, year or so. Awesome. Yeah. Are you, so I saw you got back on stage a little bit. Yes, I have. I have. And I have been you, in about a month or so. But, any reason? Uh, I, I had a show uh, mid-December. And then the holidays, I was out of town to see family. Got COVID. Came back. And then I've been trying to settle get settled in my house this month yeah that's why i haven't, I haven't had any settle the house oh no, settle, settle. i got you yeah, right, settle into my my new house so yeah, i haven't yeah. done any mics this month my mom was in town and uh, i hadn't seen my son in a while so i'm like every weekend i saw him in january but i'm ready to get back out there man it's uh i'm itching how I'm, cool would it be i mean i know it sounds funny but i started a little over 10 years ago right right i started because of you Obi, yes. Uh, yes. Echo. Uh, really, y'all hitting the stage made me go, I'm going to try this. I'll try this. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll stop denying it. Stop resisting it. I went out, tried it, loved it. It wasn't all good. Matter of fact, some of the things I started with probably would get me canceled today. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we were innovative. and uh, But I think it would be so cool if you dove back in and we actually get to do some gigs together. Like I'd get out it. of town, yeah. That's what I'd I'm saying, it. and, and it's persistence. It's getting out there because I think any comedian thinking of or anybody thinking about doing stand up mm-hmm. should know you're not good right out of the gate. Of course we, not. We sucked in the beginning, and you're gonna suck for a while. I'm not saying you specifically. You no, do. You can say that. <laughs> but you know the speed of thing. Yeah, you know how to you you know how to work a, a stage. You know how to own a stage. Some people can borrow a stage. And mm-hmm. you can tell, and some people own a stage. I always thought you had really good stage presence, and you know what you're saying. You know about timing. You you at least got that out years ago. So coming back, it must feel like, all right, now I'm ready to try this. You know, like you at least know some of the moves in the ring is what I'm telling you. But you got to start, if you're even thinking about doing it, you got to do it because you know you're going to suck for a while. And you just do it until the suckiness goes away. There's no explanation on how it works. It's just it, it, start... When it gets to the point where, when it gets to a point where the way that you, you think you're gonna deliver the joke in your head as you write yeah. it, matches what you do on stage, because in your head it's all like, oh yeah, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna when I say that I'm gonna act this way, and I'm gonna punch on this word and blah 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 blah, and it's yeah. all planned out. And, and you, you get people stage, in the front sh- row that are like this. <laughs> yeah, and you shit the bed. When <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, okay, I'm gonna change gears. See if I can't get that person to fucking look. No, at me. It, it, exactly. It's uh, how do you get. How do you translate being, you know, being funny in real life to being funny in front of strangers? That's that's all it is. Like I, I've talked about this many times on this podcast with all kinds of comedians, professional yeah. ones, amateur ones, just people who just started. It's the it, it's a it's a craft. Like you, you just got to work it out. There's no you got to do your reps. You got to get out there and do it. Um, and I have a lot of things. And I have a lot of things going on. It's still one of the things that I really want to do. So yeah, I'll, I'll get back. I'll get back. I'm not. Dude, I'm not be, worried. 
I just think that would be the neatest thing if if we could go hit a gig somewhere. And you well, get let me know, unleash. man. I know well, that's I'm what I'm down. saying. Yeah, you. It, I always say to comedians because every every working comedian gets nonstop messages that are basically stating, "Hey, if you ever need a host, hey, if you ever need a feature, I'm available." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this is someone that you don't know at all or know a little bit, or maybe saw perform five minutes at an open mic six years ago. Mm-hmm. And they just insert that. And and I was like, well, I'd like to see you live. I'd like to see you in front of a Latino room, in front of a black room. I'd love to see you in front of a white room. I'd love to see you in front of older people, younger people. Because all I look for is, are you professional? Are you a good hang? And are you consistent? I mean, off stage, are you a good hang? I know it sounds like a small yeah, thing. No, I did. But if someone's, if someone's a jerk, you just don't want to be around them and you don't want to leave that possibility that they talk to one of your bookers or the club owner or, you know, try to hit on the wait staff. There are all these sort, sort of underlining rules. Just be normal, be consistently funny, and there's a place for you. But when people hit you up and you don't know anything about their comedy, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, if you need a feature, I'm like, I'm really, one, I'm not at a place where people are like, oh, John, are you bringing a a feature with you? I'm not at that level. Like some comics get to bring comics with them everywhere that they go, trusted names and such. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I can trust me. And then it's only those people I've seen perform in all different circumstances, full rooms, small rooms with three people in it, not paying attention. And I need to see you get the job done or at least not quit. Because some of the funniest people I know, when they have a bad show, they quit and then they go in on the audience. They start attacking them, and I'm like, "Yeah, they showed up. That's their job." Like, nah, nah, nah. nah. It, it's I, I don't want to say it's never the audience's fault because there are some assholes out there who still think absolutely. that they are owed, you know, the 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 laugh and they the performing just to them and it's all about them. Fuck those people. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I can't. I can't stand. And, and you know what? I've been very unlucky. Because I'm a, I'm a comedy fan first. I, I always say that. I'm a comedy fan first. And every time I go to a show, I always end up sitting near one of those people. The the dude who's like, who's going to yell at the comedian. Uh, the girl who's just bitching. Who, who's uh, talking with her friends. Who's on the phone. And she's, it's always like within five seats to me. I've gotten I've gone to see so many comics and it's like and I'm just sitting there and and I'm careful about who I go to, I mean who sure. I go with when I go to a comedy show because you you have those friends that like they don't know what the hell they're shut that shit down oh, if they're at no. your table you look at them like I will strangle you in front of all these people <laughs> shut the fuck up I know seriously seriously like friends I mean college close friends I haven't seen them since we graduated college uh-huh. I. And, and they're like, yo, I'm in Houston. Let me come to your show. I get them on the guest list. They bring a date. And that's the motherfucker that's heckling me all show. My friend out there in the audience, they're like, blah, blah. And I'm like, friend no more. I'm looking at him like, I can go in on some personal shit because I know you like that and embarrass <laughs> you right out of this showroom because you will not be doing this my whole show. But I just like, okay, shit. man. And I treat him like a stranger. And then afterwards, I'm like, you're never coming to one of my shows. That shit, that was, that well, was terrible. Do you, uh, are you, are you pretty much all over the country at this point? Or do you just focus on certain areas and cruises? Yeah, on, on, cruises, on, on water. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's, and that's a large reason why I've kind of fallen off on social media is that the quick summation, 
to summarize, uh, is there's a lot of terrible shit happening in the world. And I feel bad. Uh, something clicked in me over the, the pandemic when we were all stuck at home and unemployed and you name it. Mm-hmm. Something in me was like uh, posting about when after when after when. I get it. The world is going to continue. Mm-hmm. But when l- everyone is affected by the pandemic, everyone is affected by l- layoffs and things of that nature. It's, it just felt kind of trite to be like, hey, got this gig, got this gig, booked out for the mm-hmm. year, blah, blah, blah. That all is cool for me, but it just seems like when it's sandwiched between two, I just lost my grandma, I, I'm in the hospital with COVID, pray for me. You know, injustice, everything on, there are just things on social media that required that should get the attention and other things like small, you know, I'm doing oh. these gigs. It's not like me posting about a ship is going to get more people buying ship tickets. If I'm at a club, I'll I'll, I'll advertise the shit out of it because I can get bodies into clubs, get butts into seats. Mm -hmm. But on ships, it's, you know, everyone's vaccinated. uh, Everyone's boosted and vaccinated. So it's a very safe environment. CDC, you know, they're like, hey, I don't suggest that you travel right now. But I will say that I feel much safer on ships. And I don't have to advertise. And the money is good. And the shows are fantastic. I'm still getting theaters. You know, I'm getting small kind of lounges and stuff like that. But it's consistent. And what's happening at clubs is kind of a coin toss right now. Because mm-hmm. some some clubs do have some safety protocols. Some, it's the Wild West. They'll put, you know, they'll you'll, you'll be right there selling your shirt, shaking hands, hugging people, taking photos. No masks required. No no vaccinations required, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So that's one of those things where I could, you know, and I know a lot of comics that have done this. They're out there. They get COVID. They miss a couple weeks of work. Then they're back out there. You know, they get COVID the next month and then they're out of work for a week. And it's like, I don't, I, I'm, I don't know about other comics, but missing a week or missing two weeks truly affects my bottom line. And I have a family to support. So I'm still the dude masking everywhere. I don't touch my face. When I wash my hands, it's like I'm getting prepped for surgery. Like I, I still take <laughs> you all, all the elbow. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a boy scout when it comes to that out of protection for my family that when I do come home from an airport or a ship, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. that I'm not infecting anybody, that I myself am not getting sick, to keep the social distancing up. And on ships, they really allow that to take place. At clubs, all bets are off. Is just right. They can all do. They can do whatever they want. But I still have. Go ahead. But 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 on the on the ships, they. I mean, it is a requirement. But you out what is it a week, two weeks? Are you doing the same show? How does Uh, that work? So it's different on every cruise line. I work on a few cruise lines, but it's like Carnival, Norwegian, Holland. Just these are the three that I'm working. Uh, Holland has you do three different forty-minute shows. Uh, three different 35-minute shows, mm-hmm. and, but I normally box them out to about 40, and they're all family-friendly every once in a while. And those Imagine. will all be different shows. Just clean. Uh, just clean. And I mean clean for 7 to 80-year-old. Everybody gets it. Every religion, every race is represented. If you think you're funny and then you go on a ship, like on land, I have one shitty gig a year just that gig that rattles you to your core like man what am i doing Mm -hmm. once a year and i and i'm not bragging i feel very lucky because consistency energy connection to the audience my stories is very important to me 
on on ships the audience may view it as one of the best comedy shows they've ever seen but their response because the average age is like in some ships the average age is over 70 not not joking at all and they're out there going <laughs> you know you what like I mean? that? Like, do you like that? no no i hate <laughs> it say, no i hate it because but but that's what i'm saying a show like that where you're like man i'm used to like I'm used to this kind of reaction Mm -hmm. and you're getting a little smattering of laughter, but afterwards they're lined up to say, that was amazing. That was wonderful. And you're like, where the hell were you? You know? But I mean, that's That's like, Holland Holland is an older crowd. Norwegian is a good mix of old and young. Carnival Mm -hmm. is younger. You know, that's like the, that's the party cruise. You'll hear that a lot. So I get to wear a lot of different hats on carnival. You can say anything. And word jokes would work, you think? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if the right person told it, I could not. I've eliminated all race jokes that don't that don't talk about my race specifically. And white people do not like to hear white people jokes is what I've learned. It's so funny. Oh, really? <laughs> I, we, we don't like to be teased. I, I'll just say something like just the sim- simple concept of I like dancing because I'm white. That is the literal reason I've been given a free pass to do whatever I want. I don't have to follow rhythm or beat. I just get to do whatever. And if you yeah. can do it a little bit, people are really impressed because of the pigment of my skin. Now, even just stating that as fact, white people in the audience are like, I don't like it. I don't like what I'm hearing. I don't like what I'm saying. I know but you're a good they, dancer. I <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not, but, it, but I'm never, you get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's I just, get it. But basically on land, I never have bad gigs on ships. It's not it's not impossible to have one or two shows a month that you're like, that's the worst show I've ever had. And it and then you'll never know because after the show, they're just like, that was amazing. And the manager's watching you. They're like, that's a really good show. You were way funnier than, you know, last few comics we've had on the ship, blah, blah, blah. You'll hear these things and you're like, that piece of shit? Like, what you just saw was good? Wow. I don't know. It, it's a total... It, but you get to a point, you find a groove where... And I, and, I, and I tell this to every joke. Sometimes you're going to dig out jokes. Like on Carnival, I have five different 35-minute shows, two family-friendly, three adult. And on Norwegian, I have two 45 different shows, family-friendly and adult. So mm-hmm. everybody's asking for something different. And, uh, and I just tell comedians, when you, when you need to dig deep into the bag of jokes, mm-hmm. you're going to have to make every joke your favorite joke. You're going to have to, like feel the enthusiasm like i just think if it's a if it if it's musicians playing cover songs mm-hmm. just as an example and it's a whole band that all they do is play other people's music they're making money but it's hard for them to get excited not playing original material but before you go on stage you need to convince yourself that every song you're playing is your favorite song cuz that's the way you get an audience into it that's the way you get them to lean in and have a good time so if you're like i don't really like this joke You've uh-huh. got to, in your mind, convert that to every word that's about to exit your mouth is the most hilarious thing. It's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you. And you got to tell this story with the enthusiasm like it happened 10 minutes ago. But you and then get, the audience gets behind it. But you get to stay, I mean, you're on the boat for what, two weeks out? I was going to say, yeah, some some contracts are as small as like three, four days. 
oh. that's a contract. And then I pop to another ship or go home. I mean, and you pop to them, another ship. They come get you on a helicopter and then you go another well, ship. <laughs> no, never a helicopter. <laughs> but like, if I get off at a port in Miami, then I can walk over to another boat with my luggage and then do a week or two on that boat. But the longest I've done on a ship is six weeks. And it was oh, a little Alaska it. run. I'm telling you, though, here, you, all your, the food is outstanding and available 24 seven. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's not the full access. It, it's being, I'm not, I'm not like fit, fit, but there was a moment where I was getting like fit for from like, what? I was hitting the gym every single morning. I was eating right. Uh, it, it, you can, you can develop really healthy habits on a ship. So if you're going to be there for four weeks, you're like, all right, I got a free gym membership for four weeks. I've got and food, food made for me and your, yeah. and your room's clean every day. Uh, it just, it, it's a pretty, it's like living at a resort for a, for a month. Or a yes, month a resort on the water. That's what it is. Exactly. And, and, and you're stuck with these people and you're at yeah. the buffet and you just saw them, you just saw them last night and you feel like you're bomb, but you feel like shit. <laughs> and no, like, yeah, that's the thing. Really funny, but you know. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a lot of bad shows. Like I said, I normally have about one a month on ships that I wish I could have back. And even in those situations, people come up and they're like, that was great. I'm like, it didn't feel great, you know. Uh, but just, but I'm, yeah, in those instances that you start off on a terrible show, uh -huh. then it feels like you're stuck with the audience. For yeah, that's what I mean. So they just look at you like, <clears throat> hey, we saw your show. And they don't tell you how they felt about it. <laughs> we saw you. Bye. <laughs> well, no, just that. It's like you're 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 stuck with that audience for however many days. And you just... Yeah. It's not like you 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 go to I don't know you go to Kansas City do a show there then you take you take off like you yep, never see they, these people they walk again out. Exactly. yeah you never see them again probably but now you're, you're at the gym them. you're at the restaurant you're at the the buffet you're at the the club or whatever's going everybody on everybody wants to talk to you everybody uh, wants to stop they want to sit down at your lunch table and be like sorry I don't want to bother you and then the next thing they do is bother you <laughs> yes but and then, ask you for a yeah. joke. <laughs> Yes, or tell you one. They're like, you can use this in your yeah, little oh skit. And it's never a joke <laughs> that you can use. It's straight out of a book. It's an absolute ripoff, whatever. But but I, where I used to, and still do, I still do sometimes lose patience with those people. Mm -hmm. For the most part, I can see that they're trying to be nice. They're trying to tell you how much you uh, you know, impacted their day. Like, oh, I really mm -hmm. needed to laugh. It, it's been a really hard year, yada, yada. Right. And so I can tell it's coming from a very sweet place. No one ever, I mean, it's very, very rare that someone comes up to tell you to critique you or to legitimately like bother you. Most of the time they're just like, we thought you were hilarious. We can't wait to see your next show. I'll, I'll let you have your lunch. And then they take off. Uh, but sometimes there are people that come up and I'll be sitting with another comedian because on some ships you're booked with another comedian or multiple right. comedians. And they'll be like, you were hilarious. We liked you better than him. And I'm like, yo, you can't. Right take there? Is yeah, right there? Take, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you never, like, there's no manners in your whole life. No one taught you what you should no. and should not say. Oh, I'm just, and I'll be like, that's inappropriate. Like, whether you did or didn't, you don't have to share that with us. Like, uh -huh. the first thing you should know about an artist is, We're super sensitive. <laughs> we yeah, may right. act like we have a thick skin, but if someone looked at you and said, you were great, and then looked at your buddy and said, we didn't like you as much, it's like, you didn't have to say that shit at all. You could have just kept walking. So, 
Some people are just ballsy or don't know any better. Some of these people have never seen comedy. Like I was saying. Never? No, hold on, hold on. Never been to a live stand-up show in their life. There are big... They just happened to be on the boat where there happens to be comedy and they walked into that room. There's comedy on every boat now. Every single... Sure, I'm sure there is. Yeah, because it because there's very few moving parts and it often becomes the favorite of all entertainment because music is great, but you're usually hearing cover songs. You don't go on boats to listen to bands, play original music. Right. Uh, you can go see the singers and dancers do musicals, but they're obviously musicals that exist and you've seen in some capacity or basically know it. Uh, dueling pianos, cover music. So sometimes when you just want to see something completely fresh and often spontaneous because you've got this idea of what you want to say mm-hmm. but the ability to go off track now i'm not saying i'm great at crowd work but 10 years in it's really fun to catch someone laughing harder silly hitting their husband in the shoulder 35 times during your set and you're like what's going on over here why mm-hmm. are you abusing your husband in front of me is he guilty of all this and i can have a really good conversation so but uh, you you said earlier what our job is uh, as comedians, I wanted to add something to that. It's not, it, I want to say a, a large part of it is taking what is funny up here. When we initially, we think of something like that's hilarious. It's often not hilarious to anyone, but, but you. you, yeah. <laughs> and you, the, our real job where the work comes in is taking that idea. Cause you're talking about writing it out, how it's going to go, how it should go. Thinking about it too. Finding a way to make it funny is one is one thing. Finding a way to make it funny for as many people as possible without losing your artistic integrity. You know, before it's so watered down, you can't even taste the Kool-Aid anymore. It's like you you want to bring everyone in to your thought bubble. You want to be like, listen, here's how I stumbled upon this idea. And that is the real, is being as inclusive as possible. Translating this for the 80-year-old, who lives in South Africa or the 13 year old that lives in Kentucky. I need y'all all to be on board. Well, it, de- it depends. I, I think that everybody, there's, there's two schools of thought, right? There's the, yeah, I want to find the ultimate joke that will work regardless of who's in front of me. Right. And there's, there, then there's the, I have my audience. I was going to stick, stick to these guys. And which is find. fine, which is yes. fine. You know, when you when I look at, uh, so I think of somebody who has a dedicated, Joe Coy. Right. Love the guy. I think he's funny, but it's like, yeah, his audience is all, he's Filipinos and that and they're Asian people. Like, it's, it's black it's, people it's, wouldn't, yeah. it, it, it doesn't resonate with me. And all power to him, you yeah. know, if I look at, um, I'm trying to think of another guy who has a really, like, hardcore, um, well, actually, no, I was, Fluffy? Yeah. Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah. yeah, same thing. And, and I'm like, not knocking those. It. Those are two legitimate superstars right. within comedy. And when you find your audience, then you can cater to your audience. Most people on the rise or, or trying to develop or come up, mm-hmm. you're writing for as many people as possible because your job is to get the job done regardless of the demographic. Cause nine out of 10 times, these people are not even here to see you. They showed up to this club because it was something to do. It was a yeah, day. Uh, night. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I so totally get it. if I, it, I, until I find my audience, I would say 
that things are going to be a little bit more evenly spread. And then when, you know, hopefully someday this group of, you know, a million people, they just like my shit so much, then I can get into the more personal, how I was raised, talk about my parents, yada, yada. Cause that's not going to hit with everybody. You know what I mean? Like uh, I can turn tragedy into comedy easy, Mm -hmm. but we all have our backstory and my backstory to a general audience might not be that appealing. You know, if you're seeing comedy for the first time, you might not want to be, you know, like, oh, both my parents were addicted to this drug and we never really saw them, you know, that sort of thing. And they'll be like, this is not, this is not funny, you know? So it, it I would, I, for, for me, my own personal, it's not that I don't write that stuff. It's that I, I'm not going to drop those heavier, maybe more challenging topics to make funny mm-hmm. on an audience that doesn't know who the fuck I am. Now, if they know who you are, if it's if it's Dave Chappelle, if it's Louis C.K., you're walking in to see their deepest, darkest thoughts. You want to hear. The Have you seen the last one? The latest yeah. Louis? The so- sorry, oh, no, not the latest Louis. I saw the oh, latest. it's really good. I just watched it last night. It's pretty, pretty good. What's what's the title of it? Sorry. <laughs> On stage, there's a big, huge letters that just say sorry. That's Does he cover? The- huh? Does he cover everything he needs to cover? Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, it's it's typical, uh, typical Louis. And I was watching with a friend. She was like, "Wow, did you just said." I'm like, "Do you know who this guy is?" That's what this kind of material he does. I mean, he does. He has a whole ten minutes on pedophile. That's why not? Funny. Why, not? why not? If you make it funny, why not? Like I've, you know, I, I'll, I'll always say, uh, Patrice O'Neill said that you can't a, a bad joke and a good joke come from the same place, and you can't knock the attempt at a joke. No, it can land. It can not land. But someone trying, he's just trying. That's that's right. that's all it is. That's that, I. I feel like uh, in Austin, I got a little bit ruined on open mics because I was using open mics to do new material every time I went up to the microphone. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll try this this week, and then I'm moving on. You know, I want to develop more material. And I think, and it's not a knock to them because there are several fantastic performers and writers in Austin, but I did notice a core group of the people that kind of held the scene together. They were doing the same four to six minutes the entire year just to do the comedy contest. And then you'd see them next year. Oh, the FPIA? Yeah. Oh. And And then they're running the same four to six, seven minutes that whole next year. And then the whole next year, and I'm like, do you only have six fucking minutes? Is that what you have? Like, I just stopped going because it seemed like it seemed like a place to do more socializing and sort out the pecking order rather Mm -hmm. than get in there and not be afraid to fail. Like, go out there, either succeed or show your ass, but try something new. Go out of your comfort zone. That's where the best art gets made. When When was the last time? When was the last time you did a show here? Uh, did you do Speakeasy a few months ago? I did. I did. Uh, might have been about a year and a half ago. Maybe a year ago. Okay. Maybe. God damn. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's like, and 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 I I loved that show. Um, I'm not gonna do a show in Austin until I find the venue and I set the lineup. It's not a knock on the show that was there, but the the dude who booked it. We had this window of time. I was not made aware of that. Basically, from this hour to this hour, and then we promptly need to be off stage. 
and I sold 125 to 150 tickets. I packed the fucking room. These were my people from high school, college, elementary school, coworkers, like old bosses, like people showed up for this. And he put so many people in front of me that they all went over their time a little bit. And so that extended, extended, extended. Then he threw in someone. He didn't even ask me if he could go up. He threw in another dude. And then right before I go up, he's like, hey, can you keep it to like 25 minutes? That's fucked up. Like, like, no. I think I know what you're talking about, too. (laughs) I was like, whoever follows, like, who these people are here to see a show. So whatever band or whoever has the stage after us, they're going to get 15 to 20 less minutes than they thought because of the way you scheduled this, the way you did not produce it. It's mm-hmm. not, it's just a, a, a noob mistake. It's a, he, he's a newer guy. He's real funny, real driven, but to not see that putting six people before the headliner and then telling the headliner his time's been cut in half. And this is not a head. This is not me being like a flex of any time. I was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll be off in 25 minutes. Fuck no. I went up and I did 45 minutes. <laughs> I, ignored, I ignored what he said. I Even he was next to the stage. I was like, yeah, go sit your ass down. Like, it's not, this is, <laughs> I'm here for these people because they all pay good money. And that's, that's what I'm here for. Uh, so, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it, it could have been better. The sound could have been better. You know, it's the things that I OCD about. And so mm-hmm. the next time I'm out in Austin, I'm going to pick the venue. I'm going to set up the lights. I'm going to set up the seating chart. Um, you know, if you can put your hands on it and make the event feel special from the minute you walk in and sit down and have your drinks delivered to you, all that matters. I think it really matters to the overall feel of it. Yeah, and I so, mean, it's it's getting to a point where uh, it's getting re really decentralized. I mean, you have your main clubs. You have the Creek. You have Sunset. Velveeta room, yeah. uh, Cap City's coming back soonish, yeah, right uh, and in the domain. Uh, fortunately, Roma room is gone, but it, it and, and Rogan's going to open his joint downtown. From what I heard, where'd you go? Wait, you can't see you me. Go? No, oh, there you are. Sorry, my phone. Uh, sorry, my laptop tried to give me an update. <laughs> it was like, hey, want to do an update? And it just shut shut our screens down. I was like, what the hell? No, I do not want to update right now. I'm saying that. Um, there's a bunch of not only there's there's clubs opening, you know, Rogan's yeah. gonna be on Sixth Street from what I heard. Uh and then uh more and more comics are running their own shows. Like yeah. Round Rock, uh at a brewery somewhere, but they're legit, hey, people actually come in at they actually have a legit audience. This is not a uh an open mic or, or right. anything like that. So it, it's getting there. It's getting That's great. There. So uh yeah. And at this point, it's like you can really walk up to any any place you found kind of cool and be like, "Hey, I just I need a mic and some nice speakers and put on a show here because everybody wants to do comedy as a, as a as a venue." And yeah. you know, live music is dying; comedy is on its way up, so it's gonna they're, it's gonna blow up. They're definitely like a I think Josh Castro. Yeah, Josh. Doing, yeah. He's producing some amazing shows out there. Mm-hmm. I think he he's been dedicated to putting on really good shows. They're called Border Laps, I believe. That's, you know, yeah. his, yeah, that's his uh, umbrella. Mm-hmm. And uh I feel like those shows like you you 
there's a right and wrong way to produce a show. And obviously you can't, if you do free shows, it's going to feel like a free show. The right. audience isn't going to respect it. You know, you, that's where you get your hecklers. That's where, that's where you get the people that are texting and walking out during your set. Yeah, there's no value being, for free anything. There's no value for them. It doesn't feel special at all. If it's exactly. free, they're going to treat it like an open mic. And so to see like Castro set up a proper stage, proper seating, he puts the lineups together, hand picking, you know, feature and host, guest spot, headliner. He, it, I like the care and focus that goes in to organizing those shows. And I, I, I'm just not too familiar with who's out there in the Austin comedy scene. But knowing a lot of my friends that are still out there working, I feel like the influences are the right people to be like, and here's what we should do with lighting. And here's what we should do, you know, and then how we should charge. It's hard to sell tickets in Austin to anything. That's true. Because people for last every, minutes. yeah, like it, if you're minutes. selling $10, I don't know, $10 tickets sounds so stupid to me. Because you get the ten dollar crowd, and but to but to to attempt to sell a ten dollar ticket to an independent comedy show in Austin is next to impossible. Unless you're just like, it's so funny that unless you're a known name, that's right, right. really hard to do, and that it's still only ten dollars. You're asking people to break off a twenty to get two people in, and it's like, mm, but there's this free, amazing concert two blocks away. I think I'll go to that. I think I'll do that. You know instead. that that's what that's what pretty much killed the 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 not comedy the music scene is that there were way yeah. too many free shows. They're like, I got a whole band to fucking to to pay. How do and I do you, that? With, yeah, like, if you, you can't if live you off don't the want tickets. this free gig to be on this beautiful stage, I've got a hundred more bands to call. Your choice. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then people are saying yeah, and it's the same thing with comedians. If I say no to, I don't know some. I'm I'm not calling this like bullshit pay, but often bars will be like, I'll pay you 200, 300. Mm -hmm. And that has to cover the host feature and headline. And there are newer comics that are like, that sounds amazing. Cause I remember the first time I made 25 bucks for 25 minutes. And mm -hmm. I thought that was the coolest night of my life. But now just thinking about it, you know, in retrospect, uh, hindsight, 10 years later, <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> no one no one should do what we do to create the craft. It's a rare skill set. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but but musicians and dancers, they look at comedy, they're like, I could never do that. I'm like, yeah, it is a pretty cool skill set. Mm -hmm. And so to hear 300 bucks to get three comics to do an hour and a half to two hours of material, I'd just be like, yeah, you're robbing people. And they were doing that with live music. They're like free to 300 bucks and you guys split it up amongst the five of you. It's like, if that's that. not even worth packing up and unpacking my speakers and cords and pedals. And what are you doing? So <laughs> uh, comedy is just fewer moving parts. I think, uh, you know, comics who pricing is all individual. Cause I give this type of advice to younger comics and it, it isn't applicable to everybody. Cause you know, you, you kind of you you can't be told when you level up and when your price goes up. It's mm -hmm. an internal thing when you feel like the product you're presenting is easily worth that. Like as far as like clean comedy, nothing that anybody who knows me would think that I would be into clean comedy. 
But I remember seeing comedy when I was way too young to see it. I was like eight or nine. I was downtown in Austin. My, my family were at a restaurant and the restaurant goes from a restaurant to it's like 930 and they start setting up an open mic over here on a small stage. What and a that? comedian, uh, I don't remember what it was called. Uh, um, jet, uh, not jazz. It could have been jazz, which was a restaurant downtown in Austin a long time ago. I don't even think it exists anymore. I think Probably it's called not. jazz. That's fine. Uh, but but a, a comedian came over to our table because they noticed there was a kid at the table and they said, we're going to have an open mic and there will be adult material. We just wanted to warn you. And But I was luckily, I was raised with Pryor, Red Fox, Carlin, uh, Robin Williams, albums, mm-hmm. records. And so I've heard everything. And my dad quickly dispelled any problem. He's like, no, 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 my son, we listen to comedy together. And so... I got to, as a young man, I got to see live comedy and it changed my life forever. It felt like a peek behind the adult curtain. Like, this is what you guys talk about? You can just say and do anything? It was crazy. <laughs> I had seen and heard specials, but to see it live impacted me in a way they might not ever understand. And so I, t- I took that to heart when I started doing clean comedy and I, I started seeing, you know, six-year-olds to 12-year-olds sitting in the front row I'm like, I want to be more inclusive because if I am their first exposure to stand up and same with older people, like people in their seventies, how often do they get to see live stand up comedy? So in my own head, I'm like, I have this rare opportunity to impact people who have never seen or don't get the opportunity to see. So why not be inclusive? Why not get excited about that? Hit the jokes just as hard as if it was a packed nightclub with my ideal demographic treat it like my ideal demographic. So clean comedy, going back to the pricing thing, clean, family-friendly comedy mm-hmm. that, that crushes. There aren't many comedians in this state or really countrywide that can do it and do it really well. I do weddings. You know what I mean? Like there are things yeah, that you I mean, would it, never it, consider stand-up. But and you're now not can, that guy, though. And it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I haven't seen you in long time but but like there was there was a switch when you're like you know what i can i could do you know dirty jokes but if i want to be successful whatever that means to you and i want to be i want to like you said i want to bring that inclusive i want to appeal to as i want to cast the widest net ever you know for my jokes i need to switch to clean that was a conscious decision well don't get me wrong i'm still I have, uh, you know, an hour, two hours of dirty and close to two hours of clean now. Oh, okay. So I, I do both. And, and every ship allows me, other than Holland, sometimes Holland will ask for a dirty show. But what they mean is like soft R, which I don't even know what that means. But it's like play in the dirty space, but don't be like, fuck, motherfucker. Dick, you know, don't <laughs> you're you're rating for this podcast that's about to shoot up to <laughs> uh it, it's the you know the things that they don't want repetitive, but if you slip a shit in an ass, you know, that's okay on Holland. But right. on Carnival, I can do any joke that I want on Norwegian when they give me an adult show, I go adult. You know what I mean? I go, I lean in completely. You've seen it, you know what I'm capable of as far as the dirty goes. It's always easy to write dirty. I just started looking through a different pair of eyes. So I wouldn't call myself a clean comedian, but as far as clean shows go, I would say 
I'm, I'm, I'm a good option for those mm-hmm. special corporate events. I, I've even, I did a, a retirement community. And How's that? No, no part of me ever wanted to go to an active retirement community. You know what I mean? It was out in, it was out uh, Hilton Head in South Carolina. Uh-huh. And my, my agent was just like, hey, I got this gig. It's an active retirement community. And in my heart, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that at all. They're paying a thousand dollars. Okay, let's let's make these old folks laugh. <laughs> dude, it was the I, price I he told me. I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that show. <laughs> no and so shit. then I got to do back to back shows. They were amazing. Every they were all over fifty five, but they were rowdy. They were drinking. Every race, every religion represented, and it felt great to go out and give them sixty minutes. And you wouldn't. That's the thing about my clean comedy. You wouldn't know that it was clean. But if someone afterwards was like, I love that he did that without being vulgar or cursing, they'd go, you're right. He didn't do that. So like it, you, you don't know you're watching dirty. Like I, sometimes I'll do it at a, at a club mm-hmm. just for fun. My host will be dirty. My feature will be dirty. The guest spot will be dirty. And I'll go out and break off 45 minutes to 50 minutes of family friendly material, have them rolling, and they will never even realize they're watching a clean show. Uh, appropriate for all ages, not a single curse word, just for fun, just for me to be like, can I follow all of that? Right. This soft ass shit, you know? Uh, So that's just a personal thing for me. And and again, yes, to be inclusive. So I'm not a clean comedian, but for the gigs, I'd say my, my main two emotions or the, the, my two goals to I'm a husband before anything so loving her and providing for my family, those are my two strongest driving emotions. I want to be a good provider. I want to protect her. I want to love her. Like that is, and that's, that's for my animals. We have a bunch of animals, no kids. No and kids. We, we just bought that church house. But yeah, yeah so, I, want, I want to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so for me, not, you know, you know how many comedians make it to that upper, upper echelon. There are layers. There are definitely levels sure. to comedy. And, and I climbed to a level where I can, you know, provide. And that in my heart is like, it's such a success. I don't, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude on just how I was able to, in the amount of time I've been doing comedy, work myself into an avenue that I can live. And I don't want to, this isn't, this isn't a money flex at all. Mm-hmm. I was just raised poor. So I, I very much appreciate the money. I, I, I love the money that I'm able to earn doing what I love because I consider this being retired. I love what I do. It's nothing that I ever want to retire from. I don't ever need to be famous. If I can continue to grow but stay along this like kind of obscure path I've found, mm-hmm. then I'm How not. You, man? We found our dream house. I'm married to my dream woman. We've got, you know, wonderful wonderful animals it's a good it's a it's a good ass life and and it came just organically and i'll just continue to follow it i'm gonna apply myself more to marketing but like but i said i my heart release are you gonna release like a special or an hour you're gonna put out somewhere or i was where? going to in 2021 literally three months after no 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 yeah in june so like the pandemic when it hit all the ships all the flying it was like in march uh-huh. That's when everything like hit the fan. It was June that I had booked a theater and I was going to record 60 minute family friendly, 60 minute adult in mm-hmm. the same, in the same theater. And since then there just hasn't been like the opportunity, time, money 
like all those things aligning. But lately, I heard uh, Jim Jeffries on a podcast talk mm-hmm. about successful comedians and why they're successful, why people, you know, why they're household names. And it is, it's just people who release material constantly. Yeah. Look at Mark Norman, look at Sam Morrell, look at, uh, what's his face? Uh, Tom did it. Tom Segura did it. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Schultz pretty much like changed the the industry. To us, and you know this, Mm -hmm. we are never going to love them. We like our jokes. We we don't always understand why they're hitting the way they do with audiences, but we will, as artists, we'll sit there and tweak and change and tell it and tweak and change. And we're always telling ourselves, ah, it's not ready for an album yet. I need everything to be exactly yeah, yeah. right. It's never going to be exactly right. Not ever. Mm-hmm. And so if it if you put together an hour and that hour is getting a crazy good response, trust that response. All right. It's not perfect. And and I'm I'm now past the point of giving a shit about what people who will critique it, mm-hmm. you know, like that's part of something that goes on is you can't fully put your blinders on. You see, you see Tom Segura, you see Joe Coy, and you're like, if I'm not releasing something of that level, then I'm not releasing the shit. But it's not about that. There's so, like I said, levels, layers, and lanes, and you find yours release your audience is going to find you exactly like we talked about they'll find you they'll be like that's material that's original that's i haven't heard this style before i think i like this guy but they won't know that until i get the shit out well i mean you had you had the the chingo bling one right right right. that was a while back um but like the, the the new format as as i've seen is like either you put your jokes on instagram or you have them subtitled and that's 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 my entire feed <laughs> it's yeah. just that. Yep. And yep. then, or you're like, hey, if I have um, like a, a 30 minute or an hour, throw it on YouTube and then see what happens. Yep. And then next thing you know, people are finding out because all the comments are talking about you or people, or however they find out, doesn't matter. And then Netflix come knocking on your door or HBO come knocking on your door like, hey, you got millions of views on your blah, blah, blah. Would you like a special? And then, and then as much as you, you believe that you know, yeah, there were gatekeepers out there, and then you you didn't need the Netflix and the HBO. Now they come knocking, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what? I think you're you got a shot, or you all the stand ups, or whatever, sure. wh- whatever other um, uh, show they put out. Cause there's uh, who was it? Because now the big the the big artists uh, are producing the younger artists uh, specials. So, yeah. like, a Tiffany Haddish will say, hey, I'm going to have Godfrey and uh, Tony Woods and all these other guys, and I'm I'm doing it. This is not uh, Netflix yeah. coming and saying, hey, I need you to put out an hour. It's, I'm a comic. I want to give back. And here are the people that I think are funny. So, I'm going I'm to like put them on. I like that format. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like that, too. Yeah. Louis C.K. back in the day, producing his own album out of the Beacon Theater. He produced it, released it, sold it independently, and On made his website, yeah. more. Yeah, made Five more dollars. than he ever had uh, from any other release, any other contract. And I thought, you know, that is a if you can afford it, that is the format. And that mm-hmm. was the money that I had saved up to record those two specials back in June of 2021. Mm-hmm. What it was going to cost to film from four cameras to film my clean one twice, film my dirty one twice 
edited sizzle reel, little, little advertisement releases, all that. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at a total of well over 20,000 and I have never spent that money, like that level of money on anything. So we had saved up that amount of money. Then the pandemic hit and we used that money to basically stay afloat over the pandemic to hit mm-hmm. all our bills and car payments, stuff like that. So I just watched everything that we had saved kind of go towards that. And, uh, and now I'm just like, uh, the only asset artists have, and this was explained to me, Warren B. Hall, he's an amazing comedian, but people often think of their assets as their cars, their house. Mm-hmm. If you have any money in, in stocks, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. These are only investments if you're willing to part with them. So your house is only an asset if you're willing to sell and walk away from it. Then it becomes tangible money to you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're living in it. The shit's being used. It's not really an asset. So the only asset that artists genuinely have is our material, is our art. Mm-hmm. So get as much of it out there as possible and develop passive streams of income. So at very least, uh, this year in 2022, it's crazy to say that, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to release as much audio as I can to get it streaming on Sirius XM, uh, iHeartRadio, get as much of that out there because then you just get checks showing up in your mailbox quarterly, sometimes monthly, just unexpected. Oh shit. 1400 from that. Oh shit. You know, just it, there's something out there working for you and your material exists forever and they'll use it for years and years. In the meantime, you can move on to new shit, write new shit, get another hour out there, audio stream it. As far as recording a special, I think I'd like for uh, I'd like for it to be shot in a way that it can be streamed anywhere. Because mm-hmm. if I invest a ton of money to make it look nice, it's still not going to be nice enough to go on Netflix. So that makes me want to make it cheap but awesome so they can see what it'll look like. And then you can be like, this is what it'll be. But you put your red cam on it you know, get that professional audio, that floating camera above me. Right. I don't want to pay. The first time when I was going to pay for it, I was going to pay for all that shit, but I still can't re- afford red cam. So then I'm thinking I spent 26 grand on a beautiful special that the only place I can stream it is on Amazon. And, you know, people have to pay for it, and which is fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, my brain goes everywhere when I start thinking about recording a special because I <laughs> want to get it phone. out there. Think of one of yeah. the mic. <laughs> yeah, right. Just I just want to give people a working example, proof of concept, you know. Right, right, and, right. Uh, they say this is what it could look like. Three camera, keep it cheap, keep it gritty, and then and then have them see the potential, the value in it, and then they can put their money behind a proper production. Shoot it again. Right. I, I just don't um with so many and thousands and thousands of comedians out there. Um, all on the same boat, trying to trying to be relevant, trying to you know make their jokes work, just p- cranking out content constantly. Whether yeah. they're on TikTok, they're doing sketches, they're doing uh, uh, oh, we're characters and doing little bits here and there, and then putting out their ma- uh, material on, on Instagram. And it, it's in a way, it it's part. It is part of the grind. It becomes a to do because you're your own machine. Yeah, like you're not gonna if it's it's your material, it's your jokes. You're not gonna ask an assistant to be like, okay, I'm gonna need you to <laughs> to yeah. do this TikTok for me and put it out. It's it's all you. You're your marketing machine. You're your financial advisor. You're your the your performer. You're the agent. Yourself. You're the yeah. booking. You do all of that shit. 
and which is hard as hell. Yeah. And it, and it's it comes down to how much time do you have to dedicate to doing all these little things outside of this. You know what? I'm a comic. My my funny will speak for itself. I'm gonna go out and do shows. When I have shows, I'll, I'll right. put out the what the 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 flyer or whatever, and I'll just show up and do my thing. And if you like me, you'll follow me. But doing right. all the other stuff, it's a lot it's a to handle. It is. If you, I've never made comedy my nine to five. If I treated this like a full time job, I would get the results that we all desire. Some mm-hmm. people have that drive, discipline, and focus to wake up and be like, going to send a tweet, and then I'm going to, I don't know why I'm doing this. Few people touch the keyboards anymore. But <laughs> you mean I'm going to send a tweet with my tweet. thumbs? Tweet. <laughs> Good. They're going to love it. No, but it, there are so many avenues of social media, and you would literally have to take that one post, find the different formats, edit it to the correct lengths, color yep. correction, sound correction, put it out, and then you just watch four hours of your day vanish. And then you got to go to writing and then maybe you're taking acting classes, voice classes. Uh, that, that's a lot of different ways to sharpen the tools you already have as a performer. But if you treat it like a nine to five, you're going to see results. That's true at any job. If you're selling cars and you put in those extra hours and you, you know, te- teach yourself up, get learned on all the, the, the new products hitting the floor, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you're going to succeed. And I find that comics, once we, get a little bit of opportunity and we're out there working, it's real easy to like downshift and relax and drive slower where I felt like this is when I would go into overdrive and be like, Oh, I got all this stuff I could be doing. It's not so, like I said, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm, we wear a lot of different hats. You're a husband, you're a father, you're a brother, you're a cousin, you're best friends with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be this person for all these different people. It's hard to get in your own zone. Those people who can focus on just what they're doing and what's happening within this space, they succeed. They really do. I find myself being extremely distracted and I've got enough material to continue going out on ships, cruises, clubs that'll net. These people have never seen me. And like I said, I've got between three and a half and four hours of material. Then I'm not too stressed (laughs) It's so terrible. I'm not too stressed or motivated. It's a, it, it's a, I'm having a little bit of a, uh, a lull in my writing only because if I stop telling the three and a half hours that I have now, I lose those intimate moments, you know, the little punches between jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but if you perform an hour and then you just leave it on the shelf for two, three, four weeks, and then you pull it out again, it, you lost 15% of your laughs just in those little moments where you know to freeze and give them a facial expression. And right, it's little right, things right. that you only know by repetition. It becomes muscle memory. But I don't know. I mean, you've, you've gone a month without hitting the stage. Your nerves will be back. Oh, You're going to no, wonder get the, look, if you know I'm how to make those stretch. jokes work still. Yo, I did that. That happened to me last year because I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was about like I took a month off or whatever. And I shit you not, I went to an open mic and uh I got the sweats. <laughs> I, I got I I I got the not like the you know the sweaty I got the sweaty yeah, palms. Yeah. I was yeah. like I, I didn't even spots. drink. I didn't even drink. I I pissed three times before it was my turn to get That's literally what I do. Like Seriously. I start yawning 
before I go on stage. I'm I'm ner I'm still a little bit nervous. Adrenaline's not flooding my brain like it used to, but I still get a little nervous on a new ship and a new city, new state. You know, I'm uh-huh. still like, I hope my shit works here. But uh, I pee like back to back to back until they call my name. I, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to. It's just like all of a sudden I have to. And yeah. when you're up there, you don't think about it once. One month off. And I think it's gonna yeah. happen when I go back. When I go back this week, it, it's gonna be the same thing. I'll be like, "Oh fuck yeah, I I I mislike it." <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the reality of it. It's, it's there's yeah. no other way. And then you, we're talking about distractions. It's like, yeah, I do have a lot of distractions, and I applaud. I really do. I applaud, and I have a lot of respect for people who just like, "Yo, this is what I'm doing, and that's all I'm doing." Like I love nothing people. else. And I yep. seriously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm turning 40 next month. Good. I'm yeah. 40. So I beat you there just by a little bit, but that yeah, peeing you, thing will become more regular. And it oh, won't I be know. because I, of performance. I'll I, 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 I be with a suspense now. I'm like, am I done yet? I don't know. Am I have to come back to this later? <laughs> You'll find <laughs> out you once you know. accept that you weren't finished. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a cliffhanger every time. It's like, God, really? Am I getting up there now? It's like we've get, we've been given like sectional bladders. Like you have your main pee, and then yeah, you right. Stop and you're shaking, and then it has this whole <laughs> second pee of like a thirty seconds. You're like, okay, whoa, I don't have two bladders. What's happening? Is there, there's a little tiny reservoir at the bottom. You're like, yep, I yep. forgot to empty that one. <laughs> Shit, I know I added a reservoir man. to my own fucking bladder. But yeah, it's it, it, it's it's gonna be it's, it's gonna happen. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll be sweating it literally. Um, yeah. but. I, I really look forward to it. I, I want to. So, is the the top cruise? Is it the Impractical Jokers one? Because I hear about that all the time. Have you done that one? Have I you heard done about that it? One. I haven't heard about that one. But, the Impractical uh, Jokers cruise. It, but what what cruise line is it on? I don't even know. I can look it up real quick. But it's yeah. Like not, the, I've never even heard of it. But I was gonna say there there are some insane cruise lines like regent viking princess that are on a level that they're just like they're just really well to do people out on those ships. i'm sure so everything is elegant like i want to say holland is very very upscale but uh-huh. it's not it's not in an impossible price range uh you'd look at some of their cruises and then you compare it to carnival where you can get a week on carnival for like 350 bucks well, yeah, that's like the $10 show. <laughs> right. Uh, those people go wild. People treat it like it's spring break for adults. And then you go to Holland, things are slowed down. You got prime rib at every meal. You know what I mean? Like, uh, shit, it, it's just upper echelon, cool ass shit. I, I, I never had the urge to get on the boat. Me either. And if they weren't paying me, I, I don't think that I would. But now, let me say this for you. Black people in boats don't really go together. I would argue. Last time we got on the uh, boat wasn't good, so I'm like, I ain't going on that boat for days on on end. I'm not doing that. Oh man, I, uh, one of my one of my favorite cruises ever was a uh, uh, it was a it was a family that got like fifty, maybe fifty plus of their family members, cousins, mm-hmm. moms, dads, and they. It's like they took over the ship. It was amazing. Like you'd see them at the dining room having a great time. You'd see them at my shows sitting all up in the front. So it's cool to have a group like that with you when you're on these cruises, because where where it might be 
individually uncomfortable to be like, I don't, I'm uncomfortable when people lay a napkin on my lap and take all my plates as soon as I'm done with it. It's like everywhere you are on the ship, it's like you have a waiter come up to you and they're like, are you done with that? And they take it. Do you want another one? They'll bring you one. It's like, you can get spoiled and weirded out by that stuff, but you got people with you. It feels phenomenal. Uh, and and it, it, it's an experience. This is my, this is my whole argument. I was telling my wife about it. I never saw the appeal of cruises. Uh-huh. I get it. You get to go to some beautiful places in the tropics, Bahamas. You can, you, you know, go up to Alaska, go overseas, Spain, you name it. But it's the fact that every single night they have a theme. Like they, they release this little brochure that or not, or, you know, a little trifold pamphlet and they mm-hmm. put it in every room. And it says today, you know, the evening dress attire is like business professional mm-hmm. or gala or whatever. And we've got this, this, and this entertainment going on. And the restaurants are serving this. They give you all this information so that you and your partner can plan for a whole day of dating. You know what I mean? Like, oh, but the afternoon or we could have breakfast and then we can go out on the beach for a few hours. We can do horseback riding. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just before we get back on the ship where we'll go, we'll get ready. We'll get dressed in our nice outfits. We'll go have steak and lobster. After that, we'll go to a live musical and a comedy show. And it's like every single night for seven days, you and your partner can have actual dates and wear those outfits that all they do is hang in your closet, never get put on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can actually, like, I love that. So then you see these, like, you know, couples that have been married 30 years, maybe the excitement has long, you know, long since vanished. Mm-hmm. But now they're getting ready. They're getting pretty for each other. They're holding hands, arms around each other at all these date, sp- date sites, doing all these romantic things. And I was like, I totally get it now. Like, it's not just I get to drink and I have a designated driver and I just have to walk back to my room. You know, like, that's right, right. all fine. That's Those are the broad strokes of what's cool about it. But it's the fact that you and whoever you go with, if you and your wife go on one of these cruises, it you can literally line your entire day up. You can go do cooking lessons in the morning you can do a yoga class and then you guys can go to lunch and then you guys can just swim and lay out at the pool and then go see a magician in the evening like Damn. it's the craziest it's a well, okay craziest. so would you would you go if you didn't do comedy there would now you go I with your would. wife now i would okay uh, i absolutely now i would because of that value because i've seen places i would never go i would never even think to go and uh but but now that I see it's an opportunity for Joanna and I, to, I can put on a jacket. We can actually go and like get really dressed up and mm-hmm. have a nice dinner and then go out for entertainment. And then afterwards, you can meet people and sit at a bar and drink. And it's just like, that's all very cool. Uh, I don't know. I, I never thought about it that way before. But going going downtown now and going to bars and things like that. They don't appeal to me at all. Oh, Younger look, I'm, I'm I'm past that. I've, I've right. said this. No, I mean, you know me. This is this is this was our yeah. thing back in the this day. This is what this yeah, is yeah, what yeah. we do. Yeah, we we yeah, go yeah. and we take over the spot, dance floor, no dance floor. We'll make a dance floor, and right. everybody's like, "Oh, I want to hang with these guys because they're having a good right. time and not being creeps." Now I'm like, dude, yeah. no, no, number one, number one, I do not want to be around twenty year olds. I just don't. I can't. I. I. I it's. I got nothing to tell them. I've just watching them makes me like. Well, I'm a dad now, so it's even weirder. And I'm like, 
I, I tried. I, not that I tried, but I, I was I was at a party. No, let me let me say this. Hold on. Yeah, I, yeah. I was at a party, it, but it was with intent. I went because it was like a Talib Kweli show. Oh, and nice. he, he was DJing. They do it every month. I'm like, it's a Tuesday night, so it's not going to be you know crazy. You know, twenty year old. And then I run into a couple, and I'm talking to them, and I'm like, I got I got nothing to tell you. I I literally leaned in, and I said, I don't fucking know, and walked off. That's funny. I, I really didn't have had nothing to share that would be valuable <laughs> to, to their lives you guys, at all. You're I'm speaking like, a different language. Goodbye. Yes, and, and, <laughs> and the thing is, and, and this is this is the thing. And I, I'm sure you, I'm sure you, that's happened to you. You look at them and you wonder, man, was I like that? Was I like that when I was that age? When yeah, I was in my twenties? And yeah. you're like, no fucking way. Right. Right. Oh no no no! But think about this. How long have you and your wife been together? Oh, like we're not together no more. Di- but like five oh. years. Yeah, yeah, we're not. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you it's fine. Not. It's fine. We're okay, separated. Okay. Uh, Gets good. It. I just think like when, when Joanna and I met was exactly when we needed to meet. Mm-hmm. You knew me before she knew me, right? So uh, yeah. if she had if she had met me at the time when you met me, there's no way we would have connected. <laughs> there was too too much confidence, too much yeah. testosterone. You know, I felt like I, I was I was doing shit when I was doing nothing, and, <laughs> and, and we I you know you at least have these inner voices that 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 stroke a fake ego that you created. You know, just like right, oh, right, doing right. shit, and and then I had kind of been humbled by the whole process of trying to do this full time as a career, and then I met. Joanna. I was featuring at a club. It wasn't a great club. It was a decent show. And we kept in touch. And I think like we had to meet now because even a year before or two years before, this connection wouldn't have happened because of my mental, emotional state. For sure. There's just too much Wild West going on in my no head and my heart. Shit. Now, now it's just like, I don't have time. It's that simple. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's really, my dad always says, we're all equal on one thing. There's 24 hours in a day. That's it. We all, that's the rule that yeah, everybody's, yeah. everybody has. Yeah. So I don't have time to be, to bar hop. I don't have time to like, hey, let's, let's hang out. And there's not like a specific plan. Yeah. I, I like, to, I, I go with a purpose. Oh, there's a show. Oh, Cool and the Gang is in town. I'm going to go see Cool and the Gang and come Ooh. home. Oh, right, there's, you know. Uh, Sean Patton's in town. I got to go check out Sean Patton. You know, Jorgens has a show. I'm going to go check it out. And and it's it's not a and, – and, and I get it because any industry that you get in – I mean, especially entertainment type of industry. Yeah. It's – we all know it's a young man's game. Yeah. Music, comedy. I mean, when, when you're – I just mean, a, every, just a youth thing in general. Yeah, it is. It's, it is. It's and, in and your I, hands. And I get it. You drive – you drive everything. You drive exactly. consumers. You drive, yeah, who's popular. You, you don't have that many distractions. You don't have a lot of responsibility. And I get it. And I get yeah. it. And so the idea of, you know, you go to a show or you, you do a show and then the comics are like, oh, let's go hang out and go to this after hour joint or let's go mm-hmm. to another bar or let's go to someone's house. And we just, I'm like, I, 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 I can't. I don't I have time for that. I don't have time I'm an adult to, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got shit. I got to be up. I actually, I have a job too. And I remember the lesson. The lesson that you told me was uh, that first 
open mic at Cap City, and you kept going, and I had a job. Remember that? That was it. Yeah, that was and it. That's, that's that's something that Patrice O'Neill said. Right, exactly. The one thing you can't have and be a uh, be a successful comedian is a good job. Yeah, because you get that reliable, steady income. You know when it's coming, where it's coming, when it's going to be direct deposited. And with comedy, you can have a full month booked out, feel good about yourself, and then see that there's nothing in the next month. You're like, ooh, I'm earning six grand this month. Ooh, nothing next month. So you got to get. You got to get back on your phone. <laughs> on your phone. Hey, your, yeah, the yeah, piano yeah. phone. <laughs> this is, I have a question for you, and you can pause it if you want to. Can I run and take a piss real quick and come back? Yeah, let me pause it. I, I'm, I'm like two coffees in, and I'm doing the old man thing where I'm like Go dancing ahead. in my seat. Be with a suspense, my friend. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm a new man. <laughs> Did it drip? Do you need to go back in a minute? <laughs> no, I mean, whatever. Underwear caught it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> We've all Suffering. been there. We've all I just been lost there. a gallon of weight. Yeah, man. I'm just, yeah. It's lots of coffee. Um, coffee is my favorite. I forgot what we're talking about now. Shit. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, you were just talking about it's a young man's game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. job. The job thing. And see, yeah. you know what? And, and I have a kid, too. So it's like, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a choice. Like, I have to I have child support. I have uh the um the kid to take care of so it's it's not an option for me but anyway um let's talk about your church thing about that so you you were i remember you went on the you were on the van you were living on the road for a while right you did that so it it never materialized like that on on my honeymoon my wife and i went to vegas we bought uh an early 80s motorhome Right. We took it home, gutted it, put in new floors, insulated it, new wiring, like new electrical. Mm-hmm. And that's basically when we ran out of money and time. My schedule started to get really busy. So at about the point where it was restored, running like a top, brakes, tires, everything was new. Mm-hmm. And uh, about the time we were ready to start putting in our own w- rolling one bedroom apartment is when. My schedule got real busy. Our savings had kind of run out. They've all been invested to getting to this point. And we're looking at it and we're like, it's going to take hundreds of of labor hours and more money than we have. And it was more the time than the money Mm -hmm. to continue to build out what we were thinking was going to take forever. And we were never going to be able to live in the shit. So we ended up buying a RV, the ones that you pull behind. Mm -hmm. We parked that on uh, one of her, her family's side on some of their land, and we were hooked up to water electricity and lived there for a year. And I, we ended up selling that motor home to a dude who had like a mobile guitar store. So he would oh, just like go cool. to, yeah, he'd go to like, you know, uh, festivals and things like that. And he'd set up older, newer, you know, older and newer guitars. Some of them are like super rare and you mm-hmm. can come on and like look at all the options and then get off. They're pretty cool. Uh, I, I like that it went somewhere and was going to be used, but right, right. we did live in an RV for about a year. Yeah, about a year and saved a lot of money that way. Then we lived in Fort Worth for four years renting because we knew we wanted to buy. We didn't, nobody knew the pandemic was going to happen and affect people the way that it did. So right. we had just started to look into buying a house because what we were spending on rent, we're just like, yeah, it makes sense. Let's just buy something. 
but then the pandemic so then we just button you know tightened the hatch and stayed low and started saving our money when we could and then when we we had terrible neighbors terrible neighbors like bad neighbors will motivate you to a level you don't expect like just the <laughs> hatred that we developed for these what were you doing people <sighs> Talking too the, loud, like yelling. No, it was not only too the... loud. They were they were trashy. They looked like they were methy. They looked like they they oh, had those. some kind of buy sell operation going up next door. Their whole backyard was getting filled with big garbage, not little garbage, just like a mound of trash. And then it's like an old washer, an old dryer, an old fridge tipped on its side. Cat, no, like they were just like a cat farm in their backyard. They oh, had this pit bull, which I love pit bulls, but mm -hmm. they had this dog that they just left outside all hours, never paid attention to it, never cared that it barked incessantly. And anytime we would come out, this thing looked like it wanted to actually eat us. You know when a, a dog just barks, but you can tell when a dog would bite the shit out of you if this fence wasn't holding the bay. He's like digging under the fence and looking at us like, I want to eat you. And anytime we went to them to just have like, hey would you mind or can we discuss this he'd be like i'm not trying to fucking listen it like just a white oh, trash guy. reaction okay. god it's so many people like you shit they they had trump stickers on their cars they had all lives matter stickers it was it was a combination of everything that i hate in humanity rolled up <laughs> into just these people there's the guy in. right there oh i, I remember just It was just the worst, and we knew we needed to get out of here for our own mental and emotional health. It was like, I, I'm going to fight this dude. Like, I, I'm going to have to fight all these white trash zombies because they were always operating on some kind of chemical or alcohol. I never saw a single one of them sober in that whole household ever. So anyways, when we were looking at a house, we had X amount of budget. wasn't a big budget. Um, we wanted to be closer to my wife's parents and they're in Kansas, Wichita. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted at least a half, half acre of land for our dogs to have some space. I wanted it to be at least a hundred years old and to be historically significant. We weren't looking at churches specifically. We were looking mm -hmm. at Victorians and, and Tudors and uh, colonial houses, but we were looking at train depots, red brick school buildings, You name it, you know. What Just I mean? like you can make it your own. That was the goal, like to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To and and less of less of we want to find this thing. We were like, we want to find a significant building and keep it alive because so many old buildings, a hundred plus years old, mm -hmm. they're they're more or less scheduled to be left that way and eventually demoed, like demolished. Mm -hmm. And so I thought of it as we can live in something truly unique. It can have a whole feel, a whole vibe, you know, an energy about it because it's been on this earth. It's been there for the best and worst days of people. Uh, it, this church specifically, you know, when we saw it, we're just like, it became less of, ooh, it's our house. And it, it became more of, we are the stewards of this property and mm -hmm. we get to keep it alive, functioning, healthy. We, it can survive another hundred years with proper care. And so when we fell in, we fell in love with it, just seeing it, it's like, it's a manageable size. It's got a lot of great story histories. We've got like 14, I believe, stained glass windows. The, a lot of them are memorial stained glass windows that were built before, uh, before 1900. 
that were put How big in is this it? church specific. How many square footage? I, I'd say, yeah, I was going to say uh, the sanctuary is 14 to 1600 square feet. That's a good and size for the, two people, yeah. And and cats yeah, yeah. and dogs, well, no, or whatever but, else you got. And, but then we have a, a parish hall, like the fellowship hall. Yeah. That was so the our original church was built in 1908 and it's basically just your rectangle uh sanctuary. We have a bell tower that's like 32 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Uh very tall peak in the middle and then we have a little robe room and that's kind of like the green room for your pastor where they go back and put <laughs> on their robes and you all hyped it, up on Jesus. It's exactly it's exactly <laughs> like a green room. And then in 1963 they added the parish hall and that's where you would like serve cookies and tea and things like that after the service, you, you know, chicken wings and that sort of thing right over there. Mm-hmm. So that was built in 63 and that's like 40 feet by 30 feet. So 1200 square feet added there. So between the two, it's a good, it's a good living space. We're going to leave the 1908 sanctuary structure all original. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, restore the floors. We're going to paint the walls, but more or less just keep everything like a time capsule and all the first, this is a really kind of nerdy but exciting part. My wife and I love collecting antiques. Everything that goes into the turn of the century sanctuary side, mm-hmm. all of the furniture that's in it, every bit of furniture, art, you name it, is going to be period correct. So oh. everything that you see in there, you're like, that would have existed. That could have been in here from couches to tables to mirrors. Everything is going to be turn of the century antiques pottery you know vases it'll all match the time uh, even like light fixtures and stuff it'll all be uh, appropriate to the time over holy in the 60, shit man this is dude, it's so much fun too over i got the bet. 60, on the on the parish side ever since it's mid-century we're going to make all the furniture and light fixtures be mid-century modern mm-hmm. so from the bed nightstands you know the living room set the old like sectional couch like it, it's going to look like the brady bunch threw up on that side and that's what we're going for is to make it feel like a time capsule you go from this side to that side it's just a completely different vibe i have one question yeah are you documenting all this yes yeah uh I, and i'm I, i'll throw the link out but on instagram my wife's doing it so the church is called say uh i'm so sorry the church has always been since 1908 until october of 20. 20- October of 2020, mm-hmm. the pastor passed away from COVID. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, terrible. Uh, uh, but it was Grace Episcopal its entire life. So we were calling the church Grace. That's just her name now. It's not going to mm-hmm. function as a church. We might turn it into a wedding venue later. We might turn it into an Airbnb later if we find another Shit, structure. A, 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 shoot your save. thing there. No, I would love to, but it would be cool, but it only seats like 80 to 90. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll <laughs> see. I know, I know. It's beautiful. Dude, I would fly to come see it. I swear to God. That's I a would... pretty good, that's pretty good you, idea. You, you have a control over everything. It's your house. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know, you know that... places to hang lights and such. Yeah, I mean, you have it, you'll have it the way you want it. Yeah. And I mean, look at, I mean, Kevin Hart did this thing in his basement. I don't even know if it's his real basement or not, but it's like, yeah, we'll have a show. I'm going to have like, 40, I mean, it's Kevin Hart. You have little 40 yeah, people yeah. Uh, in his basement and do rec- record a special there. So I don't know. Just throwing it out no, there. No, it's a good idea. It's a great idea. But uh, I forget. What were we talking about before that? I would shoot a special there. 
Good church. Oh, oh, yeah, but but I can't remember. It, regardless, we're we're in Grace, just Grace, the yeah. renovating. Yeah, we're we're still not moved in completely. We're here at uh, like this is a guest room in their parents' place. We're mm-hmm. we're at her parents' place, which is like an hour away from where the church is, and we go out there often and work on it. When I'm on cruise ships, my wife is back at the church working on it bringing in contractors because contractors are just hard to get in, but we've put in floors. Uh, we, we, you know, new HVAC system, new plumbing oh, lines dude. from the street. Like it's all the mundane, boring stuff. But in right. my mind, I'm getting excited because this means that this stuff is going to be great for 50 more years. It's all being updated. You know what I mean? Like everything that gets updated, everything that gets added to it. I'm like, there's a chance that, another group of people can own the structure and keep it on the planet, keep it running for another hundred years. That, that excites me. I don't know why, but yeah, purpose, man. this, this, this great, is the difference. Man. When you, when you hit that age, you're like, you know what? There's bigger things in life and I want to contribute. This is my contribution to the yeah. world. And yeah. it's a different mindset that you get to y'all 20 year olds. Motherfuckers don't know that yet. <laughs> y'all selfish and want to do everything now. I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah. If you reach yeah. a certain age. Man, I, every time I, I do this, I sound like, no, yeah, I am. I am. Fuck it. I'm old. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've been at it for an hour and a half or so. Yes. What I what I never got to was my uh-huh. wife's Instagram handle. That was yeah, the whole yes. Point I, of going documenting, in documenting yeah, the thing. So its name is Grace. So uh-huh. she got the Instagram handle at savinggrace.1908. So okay. savinggrace.1908. Dot 1908. If you find her there, she's always updating stories. She's always giving pictures of the new area, like like new floor. The next thing we're going to attack is probably going to be kitchen, and then we're going to do ceiling. And everything is really fun. She's she's probably more cam camera friendly than I am, and and, and even clearer. Whatever, the the, the beard gets longer every time I see. You. Dude, that's just that's just wisdom and age. Also, the more of this I can hide. You know how you used to have a chin and then you get yeah. a little weight underneath it and then it just goes lip to neck. <laughs> I, I, so, I was wondering how the mess fit on big beards. It's weird. Oh, they ruin them. Yeah. It's like if you if you have like a it's good head of hair black. and you wear a hat and then you take it off and you have that perfect ring on yeah. your hair. It's the same thing. It looks like I put like a plunger on the front of my face and then I've got this weird, it's like a wave cap for a beard. So it's just like, I've got this big indention <laughs> and you're, and you're just steaming up your, you're steaming up that portion of your beard for a long time. And then you take it off and it's all wavy and like condensed in this area. And then this is all still bouffant as big as it can be. I tried. I can't do it. No, I can't. I found no. some that cover the whole masks and they look like big, like horse feed bags. It looks like <laughs> way... Just cut a hole and then make it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, like the Jay stick out. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's been great talking to you. And, and like I said, I appreciate you always having me on your podcast. I love your podcast. I love what Thank you're you. doing. Like, hey, I'm trying. You're I'm a motivated trying. individual, my friend. I, consistency is everything. Yes, it is. What, whatever, whatever you're into. So uh, I'm trying to think of, that's your dope shit. What my, what my, what's my dope shit? Oh, I would, yeah. So I would say... Uh, go get Louis CK's uh new special called Sorry. You go to louisck.com. It's ten bucks, or I think it's like twenty five, and you get all of his specials or something like that. Wow! It had some kind of bundle deal. Uh, uh, let me let me recommend, and you can go back and reference this. I'd love for you to look up Warren B. Hall. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to look up Alvin Williams. 
and uh, Orlando Baxter. Okay. These, these are just three young, lesser known, but on the come up. I mean, they should be and will eventually become household names. But right now, these are just three individuals. They can work clean. They can work dirty. They, they know how to craft a joke. But I always like pointing out comics that I have worked with. I've been extremely impressed by. Mm-hmm. And their material just floors me. Sometimes you, you work with a comedian that humbles you. Just like, damn, I feel like I don't know anything after yeah. watching. Like, if they're not doing it, then what am I doing? Like, why am I even wasting my time? Those are just three humblingly good good guys on and off stage. Uh, they make difficult topics hilarious, mm-hmm. which I always appreciate when a comic can bring up. You know, uh, Warren B. Hall has a perfect one about Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And he says it in front of groups that you would just be like, oh, shit, like you're about to lose the whole audience. And then he just he just plays it just right. And every he gets a I love those get huge applause breaks. He makes them think, you know, it isn't it, it, it's just those are just three up and coming, not well known, but you'll love them if you look them up. So uh, but I'll, I'll look up the Louis C.K. I hadn't heard of him before. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah it's 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 dope i just watched it last night uh yeah. very funny as always uh john where can people find you all that good stuff uh it's easy just to go to john stringer.com j-o-n-s-t-r-i-n-g-e-r.com all my social media is there uh i'd say 2022 i'll get those two albums out even if they're just audio albums i will get them out and you will have shit to hear and uh uh, other than that, yeah, follow savinggrace.1908 on Instagram to see what my house is doing. HGTV, you're probably going to want to get my wife and I on that shit so we can continue Seriously. saving old structures and we're entertaining and uh, I think we reach a pretty big audience and it, it's about yeah, like they're growing, listening to this. growing these small dying communities. They they need a little boost. They need a little attention. That's kind of what we're after, no, especially no, with art. I'm always trying to tell an artist. You only need, I think we need to be going for quality of life because I think every comedian, musician, they think I got to move to LA, New York, Chicago. I got to get into that. I got to get into the vein of the industry. And I think go for the happiest, best life that you can. And that's why they invented airports and planes. If you need me for an audition in LA, I'll be there in an hour. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a big deal. I don't have to move my whole life, pay three times as much to get less accomplished. So my wife and I, we moved to this town that's sub 2,500 people. And I like it. I like I like it. It's a simple life. We're a 30-minute drive to a larger city, but it just slows things down. We get more space. Oh, we pay shit. less. Don't come back here. Do not come back here. You'll no, be it's getting crazy. <laughs> I know. It's I, gotten I, nuts, I know. man. I, I just, and I I'm, love Austin. It's just what was bound to happen. Everybody else discovered its beauty at the same time. It's about fucking time. I mean, it's been in the top five best places to live for years. If you're like, oh, you know, they got trees and they got the lake and they got music yeah. and oh, people yeah. are cool. Oh my God, this is not Texas. I'm going to leave here. All right. Now everybody knows. Says everybody. Yeah. Everybody knows. But it's, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. John, thank you so much. Really thank appreciate you. you. Oh, uh, make sure you follow the feedback. Of course, yeah. every social media. I'm still locked out of Instagram. I can't comment. I can't do stories. I can't put captions on my own posts. It sucks. I didn't do anything. Somebody flagged me. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm still on 
Instagram and Instagram Joe. Okay. I'm sorry. That's weird. So I'll, I'll, I'll just... send you a care package. <laughs> <laughs> I would live. I, I will, I will make it through. I, I, I'll just, I can post images. So I'll put all my captions in my images. That's just more of a to do now. Cause I got to sure. canva.com and design the shit, whatever I'll live. But, right. uh, John, thank you. It's always a pleasure talking to you. you. You are a uh, inspiration. I really appreciate everything you're doing and all the advice you gave and all the cruising you've been doing. <laughs> Laying low, man. No, it's, 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 it's real, man. Making people laugh and just being off the radar. I don't know. It's been a weird couple of years as far as comedy goes for me, but I'm, I'm grateful. I don't That's take what any stage for granted after we lost stages for so long. I don't take it for granted. So if you see me know, I'm giving you everything I've got every time I step on stage. It's important to me because you don't know when they can be taken away. Hey, life That's is it. too short. I, do. I love being on your podcast. Again, I'm, I, I adore what you do and the scene that you've created. You've got a fan base following you for good reason. So I do. thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I know you really... You legit do. I can't take you a compliment. Legit. I can't take a compliment. No, no, I'm saying. Yeah, uh, so that'll be on the. Oh, if you listen to it now, it's out. But anyway, John, thank you so much. Happy Sunday. All the best to you and your wife and your pet zoo you got going on over there. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and we'll talk to you later. Ciao, ciao. Later, brother.